Kyle. S-T-R-A-N-D. Um, uh, that's it on Facebook? Yes. So Facebook slash, you know, Facebook.com slash PJ dot Holtstrand dot com. Not, not dot com. No dot com, sorry. <laughs> Okay. You'll have to friend me first before we can do that. Well, I was just going to text somebody to put a question there. Okay. Cool. But um, uh, I don't know what I'll do. Yeah. I'm They've had it all day, and I, I haven't seen anybody give me anything. You're not coming up. Okay. okay, let me do it this way. I'll do it a different way. I was searching for you, and you're not coming up on a search that way. PJ? Yeah. Um, nope, it's not coming. PJ dot H-O-L. I'm H-O-L-H-U-L-T. S-T-R-A-N-D. The Holt Strand. Okay. And everybody's hearing this. Okay. Okay. I'm going to put you on hold for a second and introduce you. Good afternoon, everyone, and this is KWAD Radio, and this is Patty Holstrand, and we're on live for a special show today. Usually, I know you guys know this, that usually I talk on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, but um, we have a special guest in town here in Phoenix, and so I agreed to go ahead and push this to Monday instead. Her name is Lenny Ross, and she is the author of Blow Me. And it's, believe it or not, a relationship book. <laughs> it's a story, I mean, it's a fiction book, but it's based on uh, on her experience. Welcome, Lenny. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show. No problem. Um, as I said, you have a book, and um, it's called Blow Me, which is a really interesting title, which got my attention. And... <laughs> And that's why I said, oh, i got to know more. Besides the fact that I really liked your cover, it reminded me of some other uh, authors that I've read, uh, like the, you know, the catchiness of the, of the cover. Oh, thank you. I, now, um, the, cover, the cover was a, a friend of mine's uh, idea. Um, I had come up with the title um, and then was a little concerned that the title would be a little provocative. So I wanted to convey more about what the story was about with the the cover. So um, the cover has a girl standing with a blow dryer, and she's um, pointing it towards some men that are sort of flying off the page (laughs) (laughs) because the the lead character is a hairdresser, and uh, she also has challenges with uh, dating and men. So um, that's that's where the, uh, the title comes from. Now, you also write a blog on dating. I do, yes. It's um, it's called Lenny Ross Writes, and I publish on Wednesdays and Saturdays, and then I also have a, an advice column on Sundays. An advice and, column? Uh, and 
Which newspaper I'm is it? I'm advised column on on the, no on the, on on my blog. Oh, so I have a blog okay. which uh, addresses certain um, dating concerns and also has uh, dating stories and and whatnot. Some of my amusing dates that I've been on, and then I uh, I'm, I have like a um, you know advice column where people can either email me or um, approach me on Twitter and ask their questions about dating and and get my my advice. So it's fun. Now I know I've read a, a little bit of your uh, information on your website. Uh, and some of the uh, people who call, who write in and ask you questions, and I thought that was very well done. Uh, you seem like you really know what you're talking about, and it seems to be a uh, it's an interesting way where I noticed a certain similarity in the trust issues. And in the trust issues that that women are having. Yeah. 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 Which, yeah. I, I have to say that I am in the same boat. <laughs> I, 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 I think we're you. all in the same boat. <laughs> it seems women are. are me. <laughs> it seems it seems women uh, come across at least as being a little more trustworthy than men. Um, I don't know if that's entirely true, but um, definitely women have a lot of um, concerns about trust and fidelity in their relationships. So I address that quite a bit. Yeah, as I noticed that, and of course, it's kind of funny that it would be an issue of my own. Um, I often tell uh, my partners I don't share, so <laughs> I don't yeah, say that. I don't share. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 tough. Often, you know, um, it's really important to communicate, and most people are so afraid of speaking up in a relationship and I think that goes back to often to childhood behavior of admitting admitting having done something wrong and then getting scolded for it so people are are you know trying trying to avoid conflict so they don't speak up in their relationships but things certainly um go a lot smoother if you do <laughs> yeah but that's, it's tough. Yeah. that's tough for all of us yeah yeah and and you're you're now your story is geared towards what age group? The story, I would say, um, would be mostly age 30 to mid-50s. It's quite a broad age group. Um, it is sort of a Sex in the City, uh, Sex in the City style novel, um, and it's about three girls in their their late 30s or so they say they are in their late 30s um, who are just struggling with uh, career relationships um, and just their life choices and, and um, reevaluating where they are in their lives and trying to figure out what what's uh, ahead for them. But it's actually a kind of a fun a fun romp of a book that's really quite lighthearted and whimsical, but there are underlying um, you know core themes that are a little um, a little more serious. That's definitely true. Um, what inspired you to write the novel then? Well, you know, I love um, contemporary women's fiction, or chick lit as they call it, and I've read uh, so many of these wonderful authors from um, Candace Bushnell to Lauren Weisberger and Jennifer Weiner and all all of those, um, and they seem like they 
all um, born, bred, educated on the East Coast, so a lot of the books are New York-centric. And I just thought it would be nice to see. I hadn't read much that was based in Los Angeles in chick literature, and I just thought it would be nice to um, represent another city and a different type of lifestyle and a different value set. Um, Los Angeles has its own unique um, dynamic with men and women that I think is um, a little edgier because of the whole uh, film industry. And so I wanted to uh-huh. convey that, convey the desperation in women in, in the city of Los Angeles and and how hard it is for them. <laughs> and um, and I had, uh, you know, I've just been told uh, that I should write long format instead of screenwriting. And I heard it so much, I thought, okay, I'll, I'll write a, a chiclet novel. Now, since you brought that up, that's going to be my one of my questions is on your on your play your playwright. Uh, tell us oh. more about how that came to be. Well, you know, um, I started writing um, when I was really young. When I was in my teens, I started by actually writing poetry, and it was so funny because my mother was always trying to get me to read, and I never liked reading. I think I was a little bit dyslexic or something, but I just had a hard time with reading. And all of a sudden, at one point, I started getting interested in reading, and I started getting interested in writing, and I started writing poetry. And I actually wrote my first book when I was about 18 or so, but I never got it published. Um, and it was a type of um, uh, um, romantic-type uh, uh, women's contemporary fiction thing. And... Um, and then I ended up getting into magazine articles, copywriting, all that kind of thing, and then um, um, wrote a play um, uh, and entered it in some festivals and things. And so it was just part of the evolution of writing. And um, you know, but um, I sort of found a bit of a niche in screenwriting was something I really enjoyed doing, and um, and now foraying back into novel writing, so going full circle. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I I find that okay. You started young uh, when you started writing, and I think a lot of us have that have come back to it later in life. Um, and I and I talk to a lot of authors, and the same, you know, the ones who started later in life, they've done a bunch of other things and have gotten them, you know, so that way their writing has gotten better and they're ready to do something with it. Mm-hmm. Um, have you noticed that about yourself as well? Well, I think, you know, when I was younger, I always used to say, I, I haven't experienced anything in life. How how can I possibly be a writer? Because what, what, what can I write about? <laughs> and uh, so I think, yeah, as you, as you uh, get older, you feel more comfortable about your life experiences and just um, and the things you've been exposed to and, and observed. You, you have a perspective on things that, that I think um, is what starts to... Um, come out in your writing. Um uh-huh. so it's definitely it's definitely a process and I think that every time um every time you sit down to write something um your whole skill set evolves. So it's it's an interesting process. I always people always say, "Oh, it's so romantic and and what's it like being a writer?" And I always say, "Well, imagine playing with a Rubik's cube the size of a house <laughs> and every time you move one little square then all these other squares go out of alignment and you're trying to get one wall of red squares and <laughs> it's so it's it's like a playing with a puzzle it's like a big word puzzle i, I find it's, it's not, so, not so much the writing it's in the editing when you start editing then you forget that you edit something and then exactly and then the <laughs> 
And as you change one thing, you change one little characteristic about a character, yeah. you have to follow through the entire book and make sure that you change it all the way along. So Yeah, yeah, exactly. Of course that's what it comes in handy having a really good editor who works with you on several you know, several books. But it mm-hmm. uh, it it's definitely something you have to do and uh make sure that you get it right later. Exactly. Uh, now I got some uh a couple of questions here about you and one of them is something about a Wonder Woman complex which is a phrase oh. that you coined. Yeah, that's a phrase that I coined. Um and uh, I use it quite a bit in my blog um in reference to expectations that are put on women um by society in general and by um by men and by themselves um in that um back in the in the 50s and whatnot before women were really active in the workforce and they were you know I don't know if you're familiar with the TV show Mad Men but I always refer to you know Betty oh, Draper yeah. who just just had to look pretty smoke cigarettes throw some TV dinners on the table for the kids and and hand her husband a martini when he walked in the door um, you know there was a totally different set of uh, of expectations on women back then and and they always had all the um, all of the advertisements for um, you know dishwashers or things like that with the woman in the pretty frock and the perfectly done yeah. hair and 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 um when women got into the the workforce and started becoming career women um in a, in a lot of cases uh society didn't um didn't say okay well now if you're going to be career women you don't have to do all of those other things so there's still that sort of expectation to be um the homemaker to be the mother, the event coordinator for the family, the you know the the uh, housekeeper, the dog walker, the the sex kitten, the, all the whole long list of what the expectations are on top of being um, a, you know a, a ideally six figure salary earner is the expectation. So there's this tremendous pressure on women today, and um, it's put on us by men. It's put on us by, by the media sort of um, marketing that we can have it all. And yeah. um, one of the most common phrases I hear um, when um, when in the dating world and and dealing with my blog is I hear men say my ex was bipolar. And my thought on this is, well, maybe she was just having a bit of a nervous breakdown because of the pressure on her life. And that, you know, the pressures, I think that women need to um, learn to say, you know, it's okay if I can't do absolutely everything and take a few things off the list, you know. I know yeah. that I have that that myself. I tend to pile absolutely everything on and I have to do this and that. And, and sometimes you just have to defer things to to later or to somebody else cuz you can't you can't manage it all, you know. Right. It's a right. lot. I was telling so my partner that I can't get to the C list. It's never going to happen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not unless you hire me a personal assistant to deal with it. Uh, yeah, it's it's true. So it's like pick pick what's important because you can't you there's not enough hours in the day and and no. that's another thing our our jobs nowadays uh, you know, between technology sort of consuming us and whatnot, um, we work long hours, all of us do, and we just don't have that that spare time to do all those other things. So it's it's frustrating because we have that expectation put on us, and we also put it on ourselves to to be able to do everything and accomplish everything. And uh, it's so I, that's why I call it the Wonder Woman complex because it's like Wonder Woman is like, you know, 
goes there and saves yeah, the day and can do it all. And, yeah. <laughs> and we want to we be that. Found. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I sometimes say that. I say, what do you want me to do? Leap tile building a single bound? And it's like, well, yeah. You know? Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, not today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's tough. It's it's tough. And and I, another, another um, challenge women have is a lot of times they – um, get in uh, the workforce, and this I address in my novel, um, and all of a sudden they wake up one day and go, oh, I forgot to have children. <laughs> and, then, and, that, and, and then all of a sudden they're rushing to the fertility clinic to see whether it's still feasible and can they freeze eggs or do they have to freeze embryos at, at the age that they're at and, you know, do they get a sperm donor or do they have a steady man in their life? And it, it becomes another stress for women um, so many women in Los Angeles in particular in their late 30s and early 40s, and you see it a lot with the celebrities who work very long hours and on, on TV shows and films and whatnot, and uh, you know very committed to career first all of a sudden they're you know they're getting pregnant at 40 and 45 and the majority of these women are getting a little help from from fertility doctors because it's just not feasible it's just not you know they they waited so long and so that's another stress on women um because they women focus on their career they want to have a family but they want to have a career and and it's hard to balance both. It's really it's a lot of work. You ask any woman who's who's just raising children, and she'll say that that's enough of a career. You don't need to add a career on top of raising children. You know, and uh, and vice versa. A career woman will say, I don't, I don't have the time to. How can I raise children? I have a career. You know, so it's a very it's a very challenging um, era for women to try and figure out the priorities and um, to be okay with compromising one for the other. I, yeah, I think there are a lot of women. I, I find that to be the case. Yeah, sorry. I, I definitely find that to be the case. I have a teenage boy, so it's uh, which is good in some cases because he's past that child rearing stage, but he's at the impossible stage. <laughs> <laughs> and some people would say, with children, it's always the impossible stage. <laughs> <laughs> Until they oh, get a teenager, well. <laughs> then it's a whole another ball game. <laughs> so yeah, teen- teenage boys, huh? <laughs> Getting into lots of trouble. Uh, yeah, teenage boys who suddenly find girls. That's that's mm-hmm. uh, that's an, and I'm a single mother. So <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, so you 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 know what I'm talking about. It's very challenging, very challenging oh. to to manage it all. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm finding that special time with my son on, you know, away from the 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 partner who's not living with us. So uh, it, it gets to be kind of hairy, you know. Yeah, sure. He's, yeah, he's like waiting his turn, you know. Um, can can I talk to you now, mom? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like no, no, not now. I'm busy. I'm busy. Yeah. And I remember, hey, you know, uh, the. The partner's already had all weekend, so he needs your time tonight. So it was like, okay, what do you need? You know, <laughs> you, you got to mm-hmm. do it sometimes, yeah. You know? um, so what you're saying is that we really can't have our cake and eat it. Well, I don't know if I'm saying entirely that we 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 can't, but we shouldn't put that pressure um on ourselves that that you know if we don't manage to juggle it all um that that it's okay that we accomplish some of it and not all of it you know okay 
So we have to try to just decide what is that we really want to do, um, and and then uh, try to have an equilibrium somewhere. Yeah, try to find a balance, and and try and prioritize and figure out what um, you know what is the most important thing. And what about a happy ending? <laughs> um, a happily, a happily ever after. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is um, there a happy after? <laughs> I like a Well, in my, uh, it's a, that goes exactly with the title of my book. Um, it, 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 the girls in in my book, in in particular, are looking out for. They're looking for a happily ever after, and two out of three of them achieve it which you know i guess in 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 my world of my book those are pretty good odds you know um and um i think that one of the messages that i i felt like conveying in my novel um is that um even with women who are working and having careers it's it's still okay to want to find your prince charming and to want to have a happily a happily ever after you know i think that um every girl you know, dreams of that when she's a child and dreams of her prince and dreams of uh, uh, having a home. And I just wrote a blog um, called A House Is Not A Home recently about how, you know, I've always dreamed of having my home and making it, you know, making it mine and, and having those touches and sharing it with somebody. And I think that most women uh, do do want that. And I think that it's difficult because um, I think there are are people out there that say that it's not socially acceptable for us to want that, to want the big strong man to protect us. But it's it's a little bit of that is is primal and instinctive uh in us. I um actually read a, an article recently in Psychology Today that talks all about that and I I wrote a blog in in um called Necessary Roughness, which is about um a little bit about you know rough sex and play in the bedroom and how um women having um you know being aggressors and being dominant in um the business world um kind of goes against uh their natural um disposition in the bedroom um that women don't really want to be aggressors in the bedroom and that they're much more turned on by a man being the the aggressor and that's just our primal um, you know, reproductive uh, biology, uh, and uh, so it's quite an interesting thing because um, the article talks about uh, how women are attracted to men in um, strong roles, the men that are, say, doctors or lawyers or you know, um, big businessmen, uh, Fortune 500 type uh, company type men, um, more than they are, say, an accountant or somebody who works as a social worker or or a janitor. They're they're looking for that big strong man. And um, traditionally, all the romance novels, the ones that you see, mm-hmm. um, you know, with those covers, if they have like a Fabio type on the cover with the, you know, all the <laughs> muscles and and all of that, that that the the heroes of these these uh, romance novels have always been um you know these these hero type men these you know supermen to go with the wonder woman and that would, even if we're becoming wonder woman we we still want our superman we still want our strong man that we feel safe and we feel we can rely on and so um so I stuck with that theme in my book of having men not necessarily rescuing uh the woman 
mm-hmm. the women in my book, but but being a, a support for them and being somebody that they can rely on and being somebody that they can go to for advice and say, hey, honey, how do I do this? And, and what do you think of that? And at the end of the, the day, you know, have somebody there and feel safe and feel loved. And, and I think that... Um, that that's a good thing, you know, to be able to share your life with somebody. I think we, I think we all crave that. Oh yes, you know. So, so that's you know, I I kept with that sort of theme, um, you know, in my books without it being too sort of fantasy like. <laughs> but I also find I also find that uh, with a lot of romance books because uh, I, I write those as well, mm-hmm. and a, a lot of, a lot of women really want strong women characters. But you know, yeah. even men really like strong women characters. As far as sure. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I think that that is true as well. But as far as uh, the uh, the intimacy uh, situation, it, it it sort of gets in the way. It's less attractive to women, and I think sometimes for men, it can be less attractive to have a very strong dominant um, woman. I think sometimes guys. Don't know what they're supposed to do, and they don't know whether they're supposed to open a car door for a woman who's very take charge and I can do everything myself, you know. Oh yeah, so, yeah. So I, I, I always I, uh, go ahead. I had a I had a boss who used to open the door for me, and I, I looked down and said, "You know, you really can't do that because I'm you'll spoil me." <laughs> but <laughs> and it's I'll okay never to want to leave. Spoiled. It's okay to, spe- <laughs> it's okay to be spoiled. My husband didn't do I, that, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because I, 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 I think that we, um, we see it sometimes. Some women will see it that it's sort of a, 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 a weakness or a de- almost a degrading thing. A man opening a door for us, but I like to look at it from a different perspective and say that he is respecting us and mm-hmm. treating us like a princess or a goddess and opening the door for us and we should embrace that and and um feel good about ourselves and and I I have a lot of women who have self-esteem issues and I think that um allowing a man to open a car door for you allowing him to open the door allowing him to pull at your chair can actually foster more self-esteem than than shutting it down but then by saying I I don't need your help I can do this all myself you know, I think it's okay to ask for help, and oh, yeah. um, you know, it doesn't it doesn't mean you're weak or incapable. It means that you you know feel good enough about yourself. You want somebody to to help you or to do something special for you. I, I would just want to want my husband to do that instead of my boss. You know, <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, sometimes it, that, what they say about teaching an old dog a new trick sometimes. It's, it's, Tough. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. I got a new dog, and the new dog does open the door once in a while. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> and, and I enjoy it. And I enjoy it. I, I, I said, oh, okay. And I make note when he does. And it's like, oh, thank you. You know? Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. It's a little thing, but honestly, the little thank you it makes him feel good for doing it. Of course. And, and that's another thing I, I address a lot in my uh, in in my blog is manners and how <clears throat> how I think with our 
partly with our rushed lives, uh, sometimes uh, we we lack manners, and I think those pleases and thank yous and and acknowledging things are very important. I think they're hugely important in a relationship to uh, pay attention when somebody does some little thing for you, like when your husband, you know, empties the uh, the dryer and folds the towels or something, you know, he, he to say, wow, thanks for doing that, you know, and, and acknowledge what he did. And, and it, it'll reinforce that behavior, but it's also just, it's just polite to do that. Or if somebody, if somebody does something for you, like you said, like opening a, a door for you, um, I think that that keeps uh, a relationship warm when you, when you acknowledge what each other is doing for the other. I think people get so busy with their lives and they they start to take uh, their relationships for granted a little bit. Yeah, that that's definitely true. And and that is a shame. That is a shame. Yeah. And yeah, it, it, do you think slow that down uh, and remember why we chose that person and and uh, all those wonderful things, you know? Now, what would you tell somebody we're talking about dating? But do you have any advice that you give to people already in a marriage? Already in a marriage? Well, um, yes. Um, I, you know, I, it's the same as for somebody who's been in in a long term uh, relationship. But um, like I was saying about making sure to acknowledge the little things, I think it's also very important to, uh, particularly uh, uh, for men, to acknowledge uh, those special days like birthdays and anniversaries and Valentine's mm-hmm. Day. I think that those things mean a lot to women and uh we will forgive the men a lot of a lot of things they do forget, like picking up some milk from on the way home or something like that, if if they acknowledge those those special things to say, Hey, you know what, I still I still love you, I still care about you and, and I think the same can be said for, for women to go out of their way and do um, you know, do nice things and thoughtful things. I think it's important to do thoughtful things. I think it's important to do things together. And when, you know, if one side of the relationship says, hey, you know, I'd like to go, would you like to go skiing this weekend? And the person, the other person says, no, I don't like skiing. Oh, would you like to go sailing? No, I don't like sailing. You know, and if you're constantly shutting the other person down on their ideas, then then you're you're putting up walls in your relationship. So I think that if one person is saying and and and, and creating an invitation for intimacy, whether it's going to a movie or going out for dinner or or having a romp in the bedroom, I think that it's important to see if you're forming a pattern of saying no and change that pattern. I, I think often um, that happens in relationships. Is there's too many no's and not enough yeses. So. Need to need to. There's got to be some give and take. Yeah, there has to be some give and take, and it's all it's all about compromise. And the the more you practice giving, the easier it will be, and the more that will come, the more giving will come back to you. You know, it's just we for, we forget, we get so busy with our lives, and we we just we just see that other person as being there and don't stop and and appreciate, you know, why they're there and and that they're there. So I, I I always you know it's stopping and smelling the smelling the roses <laughs> or smelling the uh, hair conditioner in your in your partner's hair or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. 
we need to we need to slow down and we need to take time out and we need to find find little rituals that whether it's every Sunday morning you go to a coffee shop and you read the New York Times together or 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 every whatever once a month you go away for a weekend together and you know, drive up the coast or something like that. Whatever you're, if you're on the coast, um, you know, whatever it is, a, a little little sort of romantic routines or little sort of just um, together time. I think is very important. Finding those little those little rituals that you can do together. Yeah, that's um, and that's true. That is true. You have to. Uh, I find that if you, if they if you lose too many things in common. Mm-hmm. Um, when you first get married or when you first find somebody, you find something in common. And after a certain number of years, you start to turn into different people. Mm-hmm. And yeah. your interest changes. That That's true. And I, I think sometimes women... Uh, initially present themselves. I don't know how much men do it, but I guess they do in certain ways. They do it more with career and whatnot and status. But women often will present themselves um, in in a, a sort of a, a, a way that they think is is going to um, convince a man to fall for them. And so they might do things like um, go to car shows or golf golf uh, events or things like that and and meet a guy that is interested in these things and pretend that they're interested and then eventually uh pretending becomes too hard and um and there's an insincerity to that relationship because she she wasn't genuinely interested in those things that he's genuinely interested in. So I think it's really important to not just want to be in a relationship for the sake of being in a relationship, but to find that person that can be your best friend in the opposite sex, you know, or if same sex if you're a same sex uh, couple. But to find that person who is your best friend who loves doing a lot of the same things, like likes going hiking if you like going hiking, or likes playing tennis. It's so important to have, you know, things in that you can do together, you're always going to have your differences. You're always going to have differences of opinions with certain things and certain different, you know, tastes, whether it's in clothing or different tastes in, in food or, or whatnot. But to have some core things, particularly activities you can do together, I think is really important in a relationship. I know when I looked for another partner, it was that he had to be a writer or had to be interested in writing. Uh-huh. Uh, it was it was to that point where it was just too important to me, and uh, my ex had lost sight of that as we met under those circumstances. We were both journalism majors, but um, he had lost that, and we wound up having nothing in common. So it was very important to find somebody who was interested in that. So I started going to writing class, you know, writing groups, uh-huh. critique groups. And uh, one one critique group, but this he just suddenly walked in and and uh, we we met and we met over what we we call our coffee because we we both don't like coffee, so it was really a joke. Mm-hmm. So well, there another thing you have in common: yeah, <laughs> writing definitely. and not liking coffee. <laughs> no, no. So we found two but, things one night. That's awesome, you know. <laughs> that's one of the you know that's one of the things I always say to in in my advice column is is go out there and 
go out in the world and if you're looking for a partner, go out and do the things you like to do because that's where you're going to find somebody that has similar similar interests. If you like uh, cooking school, go to cooking school because that's where you're going to meet a guy who likes cooking, you know, and, and so if you, if you know, you've got to go and do those activities that you enjoy. If you, if you like wine, then go to some wine tasting events and go and, and go take some classes and, and, and expose yourself to that world and that environment. And, 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 you know, and that's exactly what you did and it worked for you. You went mm-hmm. and took writing classes and you met somebody who has the same interest. I mean, that's, that's brilliant. It's, you know, see, it's so easy, everybody. It's so, it's so easy. <laughs> and the thing is that I actively said, okay, I was ready to to put myself out there. Mm-hmm. So and I think and, that's important too. Psychologically, you have to be ready. You have to be ready. You have to say, yeah. you know what, I really want to be in a relationship. You know, is, that, is otherwise, you know, uh, you know, doing those things, you might want to do them, but you know, you're going, they're going to know that you're not interested. That's true. You don't want to be online dating because you should be online dating. You want to be right. online dating because you want to be online dating or 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 whatever. With everything in life, you should you should be doing something not because you should be, but because you want to be. You have to take the should out of the equation. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I want to go talking. Not, I, I want to go to the gym. It's not I should go to the gym. <laughs> there you go. But we all know that it doesn't work that way. <laughs> yeah, I know. We get busy. So, oh, really? I should work out. I should do this. Should work should out. In my apartment. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to. So <laughs> you, brought, you brought up you brought up online dating. Uh, that's an interesting mm-hmm. subject because obviously it's so prevalent in our society right now. And I think I said something about one out of every four relationships are started on an online dating site. Mm-hmm. But the 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 average length of a relationship of a dating relationship is only five to seven months, which is a little um, a little concerning. And now I don't know if that's uh, that's changed since people have have uh, embarked on online dating or whether that statistic has has been around for a while. But um, online dating is tricky. I think it's uh, it's become a necessity in our lives these days because we're in such a digital world and we're in such a busy world where we work long hours. But um, I think the important thing with online dating is to present yourself accurately in your profile and also to really try and um, commit to the process and commit to trying to meet people quickly. Um, What happens a lot with the online dating is you you go on and you look around and and then you, you, you don't check back in for a couple of weeks and somebody emails you but you didn't you didn't reply, and then you reply, and then it takes them a week to reply. And there's such a slow process that you you lose interest because there's no there's no excitement, there's no immediacy to it. It's not like when you go out and you meet some guy, uh, you know, at a writing class, and you immediately can go, hey, let's go for coffee tomorrow. You know, <laughs> there's a there's a there's a, a process uh, to um, meeting face to face that doesn't happen online. So you have to. You have to try and simulate that and 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 make that connection quick so that you you actually meet somebody and don't just spend all your time in front of a computer or behind. That's a true. That's true. And the thing I found out though was that I had to make the move. Mm-hmm. So I I said okay I'll you know he said well can you read my my piece I said sure so I read it and I made the effort to say okay you want to wait until our meeting or do you, would you like to meet somewhere. 
and discuss you know your your story and he of course obviously being a writer he bit that right away so mm-hmm. <laughs> but i was nervous I was nervous, and here I've been married 22 years, and here I was nervous, going like, uh, I have no clue if this guy's a serial killer, or, or you know, I had a son to protect, and, and sure. it's like, okay. So I said, well, well, maybe we should meet for coffee. That's safe. Exactly, <laughs> and you know what? Those are, those are absolutely valid concerns, um, and I think that um, particularly when you do, back to online dating, when you do online dating, I think that women need to realize that they really need to take precaution. And mm-hmm. I would advise um, all women not to use their real name or certainly not use first and last name on a dating site and and not even give that information to somebody until they've met them because you don't know who's on the other end of that computer. Mm-hmm. And um, even if you're and, and if you're meeting them, not to have the days of having somebody pick you up on a first date are just, those are gone. You just should never let somebody know where you live you know um and with google when you somebody has your whole name they can find out where you live and all sorts of uh scary information out there um so you have to be careful about your privacy so that that instinct even though you met them in your writing class i think is a very um a very good instinct to be cautious and to be you know be safe and and take your time getting to know somebody oh definitely yeah, it's, yeah. and it, it's been 4 years so <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it seems, it's to, real. it seems no. to be working, so that's good. <laughs> so that's a, that's a good, nice, long relationship. <laughs> well, yeah, that's just that's what we're hoping. And some months, I don't know. Uh, that you know, we, we all have our ups and downs. And, exactly. Uh, they never said. Well, they never promised it would be easy. No. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Um, let's talk a little bit about your writing. Um, just sure. to let you know, anybody who's listening, I've noticed there's people coming, you know, coming in and out of the chat. You can write a, I said, you know, call in number, but you can write a message right there on the chat, and I will, you know, ask a question for you. Comment or question. Call in number seven one four two four two five one four five. We got about eighteen minutes left, and I welcome that. Uh, I know it's an awkward time of the night, but we. Uh, would welcome you guys coming in and, and actually staying a little bit longer. Um, question uh, on your interesting, any interesting writing quirks or stories you would like to share with us? Writing quirks, as in how how my writing process, or well, you know how some people gotta have their pencils all in a row, and uh. <laughs> or do you write on the computer, or do you just you know? Is it wing it? Do you do a hand and write everything, or what? No, no. My, I, my, I, I'm pretty traditional in that regard. I, I, uh, I sit at my computer. I, I, I can write sort of at any time, but it sort of, I need to get certain things out of the way, and I, um, I take a lot of breaks. I, I have cats, and they're a constant source of distraction when they come in and out of the house and, <laughs> and want attention. So so those are my built-in writing breaks, but I think it's really important to sort of um, break your train of thought every once in a while, and then and then you get a different perspective on things. But I'm pretty... Um, I'm pretty straightforward. I usually sit at my desk with. Uh, I actually usually sit cross-legged, which is probably not the best thing for me posture-wise. But I, but I just sit at my desk and and write at my desk. But for me, the process of writing is figuring out what 
is worth writing about. And that comes to me from um, physical activity, going for a hike or a walk or being outside and um, just letting my, my brain sort of churn around about thoughts and concepts. So that's my that's my processes, is kind of being physical to figure out what I should write about. That's good. Clearing your head. Yeah, yeah I, I really have to clear my head. I really have to get a lot of things out of the way. I, I, I don't like to have a cluttered desk. I guess that would be one of my quirks. I like trying to keep my desk clean when I'm going to write. Otherwise, if I see a pile of bills that need to be paid, and then, oh, I better pay those bills first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. We're, we're, writers are excellent procrastinators. <laughs> um, okay, so since you wrote this book, uh, question is that is there research needed in this type of book for you? Um, a little bit of research, but not not a lot because it, it's basically because I, I'm dealing I'm dealing with a novel about contemporary day women in Los Angeles, and and I see that every day in my life, and I and I run into women, and I I hear stories through girlfriends, so so a lot of it is um, is just. Um, from exposure and observation. Um, but um, the one thing that I did do some research on was the fertility thing because I, I um, have one of my characters um, um, go through the process of trying to freeze embryos. Um, so I had to talk to doctors about that process. I've never been pregnant or tried to get pregnant myself, so it was um, it was uh, an interesting um, bit of information for me to research, and I found it all a bit you know, a bit ominous and, and sad because, it, like I said earlier, it seems that a lot of women um, forget to have children and and struggle with the choice of uh, family versus work. Um, so, so that was that was an interesting bit of research. Um, you know, just little bits of research and fact checking, but it wasn't the type of novel where I was dealing with um, unfamiliar. Uh, subject matter. So there, right. there was, a, there was, you know, it wasn't like I was dealing with historical things too much or anything like that. Right. It's one of the questions I ask a lot of because um, yes, we have a lot of people outside of fiction writing who think that, well, it's just a banged up story, so you just sit down and pound it out. <laughs> well, no. things have to make sense to the reader. So, <laughs> it's, except maybe if it's sci-fi, but even then, there's there's logic to sci-fi. So. Yes. But um yeah, you no, know, you have to every everything has to make sense and 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 be valid. So even you know, I actually had um one person read the book in, in um draft form. I had a, a assistant working with me, um a friend of mine named Jennifer who was helping me go through the process of, of um paring down the novel because originally I wrote probably twice as much as I should have. Um so she went through it and she was like, Wow, you just you've pictured you've you've portrayed Paris so so perfectly I feel like I'm walking down the street you know in Paris when I'm reading the part about Paris and and um, so so in a sense you know I could say yes I had to do a lot of research but but the truth of the matter is I've spent a fair amount of time in Paris so the research came from life experience and I know the city well enough to to convey it that way, you know, but um so yeah, it's a bit of life experience, a bit of um bit of research is always it's always important to do your research and not have 
facts wrong or, or statistics wrong. So there's, there's sure. little things that definitely come up. Well, yeah. How do you think that's, that your playwright, uh, I know that you've got your book done now, and how is the book writing different than than writing a play? Oh, wow. It, it's a very, uh, very different. Um, n- now, playwriting versus screenwriting, because they're, they're, they're three different things. Yes, they are. Play- <laughs> <laughs> very different things. Um, playwriting, for me, was an interesting process, because at the time I had uh, done a two-year diploma in acting and was working with a director. Um, and there was an evolution to um, writing the play where we improv things out and we um, did a lot of um, character study, um, a lot of um, Meisner techniques and things like that, and just um, um, sort of exploring the character through movement and and um, all sorts of things like that and, and figuring out a character from from the perspective of an actor um and then putting it to page um i i found it was a it was a really uh different process when i wrote the play and i don't think that all playwrights uh write that way i think it was just that i'd had the um the theater experience so um i i approached it from that way and i um i wrote that specific play so that i could perform it so um it was a sort of a dual purpose in the in the exploration of the writing process um but writing a play is uh is so much about the dialogue there there's uh, there are a few stage directions there but it's pretty much all dialogue so it's it's very very different than writing a book because um in in um both screenplays and plays you don't get a lot of room to describe things but in a novel you can describe people's emotions and thoughts and their perspectives mm-hmm. and you can mm-hmm. describe the environment and all that and you you don't do that in playwriting so it's a very different technique yeah screenwriting we actually that's a little bit different than playwriting and the playwright mm-hmm. so explain the difference there well screen screenwriting um follows a very strict uh format for for feature films is a three act structure um you know there's there's different structures for different formats from TV and film and whatnot but you're basically dealing with your beginning your middle and your end and your beginning runs around 26 to 30 pages and your middle about 60 pages and your end you know 20 pages or so you usually a screenplay depending on the again depending on the format whether you're dealing with a drama or an action or a comedy um runs generally around 110 pages to 130 pages and it's basically a page a minute um so if you're looking at a 2 hour movie it was probably a 120 page script um so um you know there the thing about screenwriting is it's um you have to be very um specific with the words you choose um there is there's little description there is directional description um you know uh, he walks in the room and plunks himself down on the sofa and then there's dialogue you know and so you you don't you never say i uh, he was feeling this and he was uh, upset about what happened the day before with his girlfriend when they were at the park and blah blah blah. You don't get into don't get that, that kind no. of thing at all. There's no that's for the actor to bring in and 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 it's sort of 
um, they're behind uh, behind the words. So it's a it's a really interesting process. My my um, initial um, writing um, employment writing was writing magazine articles and copywriting, and I was always restricted by the number of words I could use. I would get a magazine article and have 300 words or 500 words <laughs> in yeah. which to write something. And if you, you try writing a, a little blurb about something, anything, a, a coffee cup or, a, or 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 anything in 300 words, it's very very difficult, and you have to choose those words so wisely. And yeah. um, I and then the same when I was writing copy for like brochures whether it was a real estate brochure or a dental brochure or whatever you have you know photos and then you have a little bit of space for copy and you have so many words that can fit in that space you i learned to be a very yeah i, I learned to be a very technical and a very um um uh conservative writer as far as word conservative i i was good at at using um as few words as possible um to um to Get my point across. So that came I think in really handy. I think handy. it's good practice. I think it's good practice that every author should do. You know, try I, to I, try yeah, to do a I, you know get get them a, a prompt and say, okay, I want five hundred words on it. Mm-hmm. And they'll yeah. you know they'll almost say what? And then, and, then, that, and then the next exercise is cut it in half and keep the uh-huh. keep, keep everything you have there, but cut it in half. <laughs> it's a it's a very good exercise. I think that most people who um, come at writing new. Um, overwrite. And, oh, yeah. Um, so the process of learning how to be very um, succinct with your words and how to choose those those particular words, it's a skill. And the more you do it, the the better you get at it. And, and everybody's going to have their own flair. You know, I, I'll read uh, something Jennifer Weiner wrote, and I sort of see her style and her facility with words, and it's really different from mine. When I, you know, I, I, I put... Um, I have a different type of facility, a different type of vocabulary, um, I, I, a different perspective. You know, it's 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 really interesting that everybody's going to bring their own sort of sense of style to their writing. Um, but you but you have to learn how to be um, selective <laughs> about that. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a, it's a, but I was very lucky because everything I used to do uh, for hire as a writer was always you have no words in which to write this. <laughs> I mean, I literally had things where we need five words, and I'd be oh, like, wow. "Okay, five words." <laughs> Alrighty. <laughs> so yeah, it, it that makes you very disciplined. So that was a blessing for me. I'm going to ask you one more question, and then we'll get into um, what you're doing here in town. But the other question is, what was one of the most surprising things you learned while creating this book? Hmm. Surprising things? Well, um, in regard to the actual writing or just or or anything? Well, usually I find, <laughs> usually I find that if I ask that question, he's like, well, I, I didn't realize that characterization would be you know either either so so uh i so encompassing that it takes a lot out of me oh you know, yeah okay like for me for me i i've i i've through through having a background uh in initially in theater and then doing screenwriting um i felt like i had a good handle on on creating characters and defining characters, I think initially it was a little challenging to make sure that the voices were different. And I kept asking my friend who would read it, I kept saying to her, 
do they sound like different people or do they all sound like me, you know? <laughs> so, um so that was that was definitely a concern. Um but I think that the the most challenging thing for me was I didn't really have anybody to advise me. I know a lot of people in the screenwriting world and the, and if I have a question about how to do something, I have somebody I can pick up the phone and ask somebody and um I had nobody to tell me how long it should be, what format it should be, uh-huh. how many words per page it should be. And I was you're about... used to structure. You're used to structure, and now you're being unstructured. Yeah, and I, I didn't know. And But there are still sort of some loose guidelines to sure, to, sure. to writing a novel, and I, and I had no reference. And I looked online, and I couldn't find anything consistent or a particular... This is how, there are a lot of books on this is how you write your screenplay and they're all kind of the same and they tell you you know how many pages and where your act breaks are and and I couldn't really find a um, a, a quick and dirty formula for for novel writing um, and mm-hmm. a couple of writing friends of mine said well just write and and so I was writing and writing and then I thought geez I don't think this is going to be long enough I I better create some more story because I think I'm running out of story. <laughs> So I added a whole bunch more story, and the next thing you know, I had a hundred sixty thousand words. Yeah, uh, and and yeah. then I I started sending it around to agents and querying agents, and and um, you know, they told just you sort to of getting thousand words. Well, they? one of them one of them was was. Um, courteous enough or cra- crass enough to just sort of circle the 160,000 words that I'd said. It's 160,000 words, and they crossed that out and said should be 90,000 words. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and I was like, oh my! And then I I went through the editing process, and, and 90,000 words. I I made my book about 98, which was a struggle. I when I got down to about 118,000 words from there. It was it was grueling to get it thinner, and in retrospect, um, now that it's published, I could have had those extra twenty thousand words in there, and it wouldn't have been a problem at all. It's it's very hard to tell because I didn't know how many words per page, and I didn't know how 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 big my pages were going to be, and my my layout of my book is actually I have about. Uh, uh, Thirty percent more words per page than your average book. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, because of the size of my book is a little larger than your typical um, paperback. Is, so. it, is it trade paperback or is it in hardcover? It's it's uh, paperback, but it's um, nine by six, uh, so it's it's right. uh, trade small. Yeah, it's yeah. bigger than the uh, the standard ones that you'll see out there. Um, yeah, so yeah. the layout was different, and the choice of font and everything all affects the the, the ultimate page length. Um, so that was a process of just how long should it be and and whatnot, and the the editing process was mm. was tough. Trying to take, I guess, part of it was trying to take. One of the things I had a challenge doing was I had put um, my own sort of opinions in, and I had to take the <laughs> the author's opinions out of the book and let the characters <laughs> have the yeah. opinions and not me. That was so. That was a that was a big challenge as a writer. I don't know where that came from because you don't oh. do that screenwriting. So I was just like, oh, I have more more space. It's been in your blog. That's probably where it came from. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I know you're in Phoenix, uh, and so mm-hmm. yeah, obviously I'm in my town. Uh, so why are you here? Yes, well, um, I, I'm here because I love your city and I, I love the people of this city. Um, I wonder sometimes why I didn't move here instead of Los Angeles, but there's there's still time. Um, but I'm here um, uh, to do a book signing event tomorrow evening at Park Avenue Blow Dry, which is in the Arcadia area. It's on Indian School Road, I believe. 
And um, it's a uh, a blow dry and beauty salon, and um, I'm doing a book signing there from six to eight tomorrow night, and it's going to be a fun event. We have um, Cake Contessa providing some sweets, and um, uh, Zaina Skincare is providing some gift certificates for people who um, who purchase the book, and I'll be signing books, and it'll be a fun uh, fun little girls' night out. So um, definitely. Uh, for anybody who's uh, tuning in, that would be a fun thing to do, and I'd love to meet you, and you can check out my book. And Yeah. I'll see how yeah, I can yeah. do that. I got your yeah. website down on, on the chat for anybody who wants to be able to find you. Uh, is that where they also find your blog? Um, which, do you have the LennyRoss.com? Yes, I do. Yes, because that will give you information about the book, and then there is a link there that says uh, the blog, so you can go to the blog from there. My blog That's site right. and my website interlink. So now uh, the on air is going to go off for a second here, but when I I want you to tell us more about what's next for you. Okay. Go ahead. Oh, okay. You don't have to stop. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what's next for me? Well, right now I'm I'm busy promoting the book, um, and um, I'm not quite sure what's next for me. I am trying to. Um, get some interest. I, I have a little bit of interest from an agent about uh, representing me, uh, possibly trying to see if there's a way to turn the book into a TV show, um, although it seems that they they want something entirely different than, than what the book is. Um, but um, I'm going through that process of, of seeing whether it takes me back into film and television world or whether it uh, takes me down uh, the path of writing another book. I, I really enjoy the process of uh, writing long format and um, would welcome it again. Um, but I, I hope to get uh, uh, an, agent, an agent and a publisher behind me so that the process is a little easier. Okay. Hopefully okay. It's a so, easier. Uh, so who, who published the book at this point, the one that you I have right now? I self-published the book. I did it through Lulu.com. Ah, okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's been uh, it's been uh, a big uh, endeavor. I, you know, I didn't want to sort of wait forever, and I really wanted to get it out there. <laughs> And um, and you know not go through that process of trying to um, you know it could be delayed that much longer just trying to get it through the uh, you know the traditional channels and it really it's becoming harder and harder uh, for writers to uh, get their work out there through the traditional channels it's it's a kind of a little bit like independent filmmaking where you have to sort of mm-hmm. do it yourself and get it out there and and. Uh, Get people interested. So it's been a it's been a big learning experience. I, I know all about that because I'm a small publisher myself. Oh, okay, uh, yeah. I I've got 40 books that I publish for other people. So, <laughs> uh, so wow. I'm a small publisher for and and they uh, it's for the same reason because you know they're they're they don't want to wait for three years to get their book done. Um, exactly. And you know, my partner was—he's got me into that. He—he he said, "Well, you know, you've already published magazines and newspapers and and all these other things. Uh, it's not really that much different to to publish a book." I said, "But that's a completely different market." Sure. Said, yeah. But he said, you know, he said, "Well, yes, but I don't want to go do what you've already done, which is you know, going to the to to all these uh, conferences and everything." He said, I, "I'm not going to do that. Is I I I don't have that kind of patience. So I want you to publish my book." And I said, oh, uh, okay. 
<laughs> and that's what I did. <laughs> and good before, for you. I, before I know it, I've got uh, thirty something other people, uh, thirty seven other people behind him. So wow, fantastic! Yeah, I should have hired you. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's all, always how it works, you know? And uh, so now I'm doing a newspaper, and and I've got the uh, the books and and gear and. Trying to do it all. You got that I got that Wonder Woman syndrome. <laughs> You've got that Wonder Yeah, don't we all, huh? <laughs> Good for you though. You know what? If you're happy, that's all that matters. You know, if you're enjoying what you're doing, you're enjoying the process and, and, and you know, for me this has been incredibly challenging, but it's been fun and um, you know, I think that that's that's what's uh, what's important in life. I I I love that first book, you know, that somebody gets in their hands. It's that yeah. first book that it's like a child to them that they check to make sure all the fingers or toes are there, and then it's, it's the, the glow, the afterglow. And mm-hmm. I enjoy being part of that. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it's a birthing process. It's very tough, you know. Sometimes De- we're, we're definitely. We're, I'm yelling at them back and forth, and it's just like, well, you know, you're not doing this, you're not doing that. It says you're, you, this is not working, and you got to be brutal. Because otherwise, you know, if I don't do it, uh, then somebody else is going to. <laughs> mm-hmm. exactly. So you got to tell them if you're too wordy. You know, I had somebody use ninety four thousand words for a first book. That's too big for him. So sure. uh, just got to got got to cut it down. So uh, it, it's uh, it's a process. So it's just kind of fun. It's, it's rewarding in some in a lot of ways. And some some days I think, what am I doing in this business? So, <laughs> mm-hmm. and you're going to have that too. I think you're a lovely yeah. lady, and I thank really, you. I, I think you're doing a wonderful thing, and and you've got it all going there. I think you're going to be, you know, if you you could have probably made a deal, because you know you've got the things going on, you got your playwright going on, you've got you've got the process, and you you've got the name already there. So, well, I'm you, hoping that now I will have a little more clout behind me and uh, people will, uh, you know, the agents and whatnot will take me a little more seriously now. So they'll see how hard I am at working and that I think that that will carry some, some weight. Well, I would say that they'd be stupid not to. Unfortunately, oh, yeah. I've, seen, I've seen a lot of stupidity out there when it comes uh, to publishing. <laughs> oh. Unfortunately, yes. Oh, well. <laughs> We'll see. Oh. I'll I'll keep you posted. I'll let you know how things go. Great, great. For sure. Yeah. Now, are, are you going to be able to make it to the event tomorrow, or are you I otherwise? Have, I have a newspaper to get out tomorrow. So. Oh, oh, right. <laughs> okay. Well, deadlines. I, Which I respect that. Your publicist uh, has one that got in contact with you, and I will be penning this and putting it in and your questions that you gave me and answers into the newspaper for tomorrow to be going to the printer tomorrow. So <laughs> wonderful. Now, where will I be able to get a copy? I will be sending a couple to your publicist. Oh, fantastic! Thank you so much. We'll have to get you a copy of the book if you don't have one already. She she's already taken care of that. Oh, fabulous! Okay, perfect. Good. Well, thank you. I, I and please let me know when you read it. Oh, that's my definitely be very interesting for me to read it, and uh, I'll do a review based on that as well. So that'd be cool. Oh, thank you. Wonderful. It's always great. great it's always great to meet the author. Um, it, you get a whole different perspective of them, based you know, based on uh, or on their work, based on meeting them. Sure. Yeah. Mhm. So, uh, well, good luck tomorrow night, and 
Uh, if I don't see you, then you know, have a great trip back to L.A. Thank you very much. And, and um, I enjoyed our conversation. Likewise, likewise. Thank you very much. It was great to meet you. <laughs> Good night. Good night. Well, that was Lenny and Lenny Ross from Blow Me. And it's a great little book that's going to be coming out, or is out. And I hope to get a copy here. I read it and let you guys know how um, how that goes. But you guys need to get down and see her in person. She's a lovely lady, and uh, I think that you'll obviously very well spoken. So uh, I think you would get a lot out of the conversation. So please, you know, go down to see her tomorrow for her book signing. This is Patty Holstrom signing out for the for the night, and I will have another another show next Tuesday night. Actually, three Tuesdays, actually. So we've got some great stuff coming up. So every Tuesday night for the next three weeks, we will have somebody online. And take a look at my Facebook page to find out more on who the show is going to be on at facebook.com slash pj, that's Patty Joe, dot Holstrand, H-U-L-T-S-T-R-A-N-D. You can friend me. And find out all the details on who's coming up for the next three weeks. Until then, guys, have a great night. Goodbye.